Tim. Hey, Ash. Welcome back to Breaking the Fourth Wall. Where we engage in stimulating conversations about ways that we can promote positive change in musical theater. We want to say a big thank you to everyone for listening to season two. If you didn't catch season one, go back and check those out. There's some really great information in them. And if this podcast has been helpful for you, we would love it if you would leave us a few stars or leave us a review. It would really help us out so other people can maybe find this podcast if it's helpful for them, especially those of you that are musical theater artists. And as we continue season two, we are going to continue bringing you all kinds of different interviews, conversations about ways that we can promote the positive change that we need to make in this craft. This week, I wanted to talk a little bit about does Broadway define success? It's a great conversation. Does Broadway define success? This is something that has been very much discussed in our industry the past year with everything changing and everybody going through the loss of jobs and the and the idea of redefining what what they want to do in their life. But does Broadway, is it the end-all be-all benchmark for our industry? I'm really excited to have this conversation, but why don't we jump into our favorite thing, the puzzler this week? Let's do it. All right. So here is the question for our puzzler. What musical is inspired by the 2011 television documentary, Jamie, Drag Queen at 16? I can't wait to talk about this musical. <laughs> Me too. We'll circle back at the end of this episode and we will discover that answer together. The first two parts I want to have about um, in this discussion is one, how did we get to where we are with this topic? And two, why should we redefine this idea? So mm -hmm. first off, Tim, you know, I have to ask you, <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts? Does Broadway define success in this industry? I think that it is part of success, but it is not the be all end all of success. I think we have arrived, well, we'll talk about this in a moment, but I think we have arrived at a place where we have created and instilled this ideology in young people that in order to be a successful performer, you have to have worked in the city, meaning New York City in some way, shape, or form. And I don't necessarily subscribe to that ideology. I think we, which again, we'll talk about in just a little bit, we need to move away from this idea that if you have not worked in New York City, you are not a successful actor. So I, I see it as one component of the machine that is the theater experience, but not the only component. What has been challenging for the folks that we work with and for even myself as an actor is the idea that if I don't have a Broadway credit on my mm -hmm. resume, I haven't made it. Mm-hmm. Right. If I, even if I, and I've, we've both been in New York, we've pounded the pavement. We are in California based right now. But the idea that a Broadway credit says, you are a musical theater former, that is something that I think has not only been instill, instilled in the, in the, in our mind from growing up and whether we went to college or whether we just watched Broadway, but everything is wrapped around that. Right. The Tony Awards are wrapped around mm -hmm. it. Um, everybody says, oh, I have to go to Broadway to see that musical. And we see even tours coming through the Broadway tour of, you know, insert musical here and regional theaters, you know, Broadway's insert musical title, <laughs> even though it's not, you know, it's, it's coming from Broadway, but it's not, it's a regional theater production. 
everything is wrapped up in the idea of Broadway. And that is something I really honestly want to get into. I know this is a topic that makes some people uncomfortable, um, both people that are watching musicals, people that are teaching musical theater, and people that are actually in it on stage. But why have we gotten to this point? How did we get here? Do you mm -hmm. have any ideas? How did we get to this point? Well, the history and the legacy of of musical th American musical theater as we know it can be traced back to New York City. And it's all tied to the massive floods of immigration that came during the 1800s, uh, tied to uh, all of the people from various parts of the world bringing their music, bringing their culture, bringing their heritage through the gates of Ellis Island onto New York City. Uh, so it's only natural that that particular city, Manhattan, would become a central hub of culture, entertainment, and art uh, condensed on this small island, and then eventually branching its way out into larger parts of America. So it really has to do with demographics, I think. The fact that the American musical as we know it really has its roots founded in Manhattan. Which is so interesting to me because majority of those of us that are in this industry do not work on Broadway, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? You and I have not had our Broadway debut yet, yet. we always say. <laughs> but if we don't have it, we have had such a successful career up to this point that we're still even going to continue. Mm -hmm. Do we all, wouldn't we all love to have that Broadway show? Absolutely. And many of our friends and colleagues have been on Broadway. And I, I just, I think that there is this assumption from audience members as well, those that aren't in the industry, but that watch and consume musical theater, that the first thing they always ask us when they, when, you know, I'm sure those of you listening have heard this, oh, you're at musical theater. What Broadway show have you done? Mm -hmm. And you're like, um, I haven't yet, but I've done a ton of regional theater. And that feeling of I am not good enough because my resume doesn't say the Broadway is something we have to change. I agree. We have to change that idea. And it starts with us. It starts with those folks that are teaching at the college level, at the high school level, and also in studios right now. You know, we're we're still training because training is never ending. And how many times have we said, has someone, you know, in a coaching, nobody that I work with now because we're mm -hmm. so selective of the people that we we work with and train with, you know, wh what are your Broadway goals? And that <laughs> idea has to change. And there is a big switch right now in, in folks that are in their 20s where they're like, I'm not going to New York. I don't want that lifestyle. It's hard. We have done it. You know, I was going to go back to it last year before everything shut down. It's a hard life. And people are leaving the city in large quantities. Well, yeah, especially after everything that's been going on. I think one of the best things we can do is inform young performers that are coming up that have aspirations to do professional theater in any capacity of all of the multitude of different cities that promote exceptional theater. Many cities uh, that we wouldn't even think of firsthand because the first thing that most performers coming up think, okay, am I going to, do I want to be bi-coastal, <laughs> do a little bit of the LA film thing and then go back and do the New York stage thing? We've gotten to this idea that you kind of have to flop between either LA or New York City, both completely different mediums in terms of art, film, mm -hmm. and stage. Mm -hmm. But what about everything in between? 
most people wouldn't know that Branson has an amazing entertainment scene. And there's all kinds of variety entertainment, live theatrical entertainment. Every major state in this country has a major regional theater experience, whether you realize it or not, from Texas all the way to Southern California to Oregon Shakespeare Festival. They're all over the place. What I try to inform young people when they're asking this question about, you know, should I go to New York? Is that where I need to be right now? The, the most important advice that I ever received when I was a young person coming up in this industry was, what's a place that makes you happy? that brings you joy, that brings you fulfillment. Let's take the theatrical experience out of the equation for just a moment, and let's actually talk about lifestyle. What matches your lifestyle? Do you want to be in six degrees below? Uh, you know, Do you want to be in six degrees of snow? Or do you want to be in sunshine? Or do you want to be surrounded by mountains and trees and, 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 and a, an environment when you are at your lowest, when those auditions aren't coming and all you have right now is, you know, uh, a couple bucks in your bank account. <laughs> what is going to bring you joy and spark joy in terms of going outside and looking around and being okay? If it's the city and you love the energy and the vibrancy and the nightlife and the constant mo uh, drive that it takes, then wonderful. But if if you know that, you know, on your darkest days as a performer, that that lifestyle is not going to make you feel comfortable and safe. Thus, leading you to not create or or audition well, or or be in a, a mental space where you can you can be motivated to go to auditions, then you need to find a city that makes you happy, that fulfills you, that you know that it, it that isn't all consuming with just theater alone. Which brings me to the second part of this, which is why should we redefine this idea? Mm -hmm. I love what you said about that because we weren't you know, we taught that, we were taught, you must go to New York. It's the mm -hmm. place to be, even though almost all of us get a job in the city that takes us out, out of, of the New city. York, right? right? Um, why should we redefine this idea? And one of the things I want to bounce off of what you just said to the second part is our mental and emotional health as performers is brutal when you're in the city. Mm -hmm. You are working, uh, most all of us have to work. We don't have, you know, money saved up. We don't have parents that are, you know, helping us, um, depending on where you come from and your background. And so we have to pay the bills. And so we are working, we are waiting tables. We are temping. catering, right? Temping. We are catering. We are busting our butts every single day so we can audition. What happens is because you are working so much, you are exhausted for auditions and you're in a job that will not allow you majority of the time to say, I'm taking tomorrow off. I have an audition. I have to go wait. You know, if you're non-union, I have to go wait eight hours for my audition because I, I, I have to be there. I have, my name is in the list. Yeah. I have to be there. Even if you're, you're union and, and you're popping into audition and they want to call you back and you have to take a day off from your job and if you do, you're going to lose that job. It is a kind of a vicious cycle mm -hmm. that you don't understand until you're in. You're actually situation. there and doing it and going through it. Yeah. And then you find yourself, you know, it's just, so, I always found myself really tired. And and I want to remind everyone, we're not downplaying New York City and living Absolutely in New York City. Not. Absolutely not. It's a vibrant city. I It's probably my second favorite city other than <laughs> where we live right now in Southern California. But I, I want to remind everyone that the struggle of being an artist in the city is is real and tangible. 
And it's something that we can't sugarcoat. We need to be honest with young performers coming up saying, this is what you can expect going into the city and, and uh, looking for work, employment, and sus- uh, sustenation throughout your time auditioning. The question I, I always pose to young people is, is that the city for you? Because I believe you have to be happy where you are living before you can be happy creating theater. And if you are content with your personal life and content with your surroundings and environment, you're going to, you're going to be more content and you're going to be a more, in a more positive uh, mental state to, to create good auditions and great self tapes and, and really promote yourself and do the work that is necessary to be successful in this craft. And that can happen in, that can happen in Oklahoma, that can happen in Arizona, <laughs> that can happen in Southern California or New York city. That can we, also happen in other countries. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And, and I, I personally have students that have left this country uh, to go study theater in England or in Scotland or or many different places. And no two experiences are going to be the same. And I think we just have to allow our students, I think we're doing a disservice to young performers if we do not expose them to all of the opportunities that exist specifically on the shores of the United States uh, in terms of theater experience. Another reason why I think we should redefine this idea of Broadway being the only benchmark of success is we are seeing folks that are our age. So, mm-hmm. you know, 30, late, late 30s. I'm 39 right yeah, now. Yeah, easy there. And you're older than this, so 40s. So we'll say 40s, but it is true. Folks that are in, because your career is, that's, that's a whole other podcast episode, but your career is not defined by your age. No, Absolutely not. not. Well, I'll put that on my list of, of topics. But folks that are, you know, late 30s, into their 40s, even into their 50s, we are seeing our friends leave the city, mm-hmm. in in dive into other types of work that they've always wanted to do, not giving up musical theater, going back home for a bit and kind of recalibrating. Mm-hmm. And this idea that if you're, you must be in the city to work, it used to be that way. Well, that's because everyone said that's where the auditions are. And there are, trust me, there are yes. probably more auditions per capita in New York City than most other cities. Absolutely. But with with everything that's changed post-COVID and with the self-tape experience really picking up steam, I wonder if it is going to be necessary to have to be in the city for a lot of these auditions. I'll be curious to see how this year plays out with the self-tape game and see if, you know, if, if that is the next kind of thing at least in the first onset of audition experience, um, that doesn't force you to leave the city or to leave wherever you, the comfort of wherever you are. I actually posted this on my Instagram and then also my my private Facebook personal Facebook page. But my Instagram is public, and I posted this. You know, I I'm the self tape is the new open call, and I'm all here for it. Mm-hmm. And it was very interesting because I got a wide range of opinions. Mm -hmm. Many of them did not like the idea of self tapes, but this is one point I want to make is uh, you submitted yesterday with a self tape Mm -hmm. for audition Mm -hmm. in Colorado, in Colorado, right? I am about to submit for a couple of, of tours and I don't have to be in the city and I may not be, we may not be the something that they're looking for, but we were able to be seen. We were able to submit, put our hat you know, in. And there's something to be said about that. In a way, it kind of 
you know, now that we have our setup, our, our self-tape setup in our house, <laughs> um, it, it kind of makes me excited to get online again and start really diving into what auditions are available and what auditions are allowing for self-tapes so that I can just go up into our room and rec- record, self-tape, send it, audition done. And mm-hmm. I didn't have to leave the comfort of our home. Mm-hmm. And I will link down below. I do have a self-tape class that's completely <laughs> affordable. I'll leave a special discount for anybody that wants to take it if you're new to self-tapes. But the idea of reframing our mindset around defining success in whatever way works for you. If you don't have a Broadway credit, that doesn't mean you're a failure. You know, if you don't have 10, 20 regional theater credits because you've been doing theme parks or you've been in the same uh, Disneyland just closed at the Hyperion, they're not doing Frozen anymore. Mm -hmm. They were doing Aladdin for a long, long time before that. Maybe you were in one of those shows for years Mm -hmm. and you have that one line. And so you don't have multiple lines on your resume. That is okay. There is nothing wrong with that. And that's what we need to change in this industry is the idea of you defining your success so that you find joy, you you spark joy, like you said, I like that. And if you did not book a Broadway credit, that is okay. Mm-hmm. Also reminding, I think this is a great co- topic of conversation for later down the road, that everyone has their season in their lives. We have friends who booked their first Broadway show Late, late, much later in life, forties, fifties, forties and fifties, sure, because the right opportunity, they found Came the right along. moment. All the all the puzzle pieces just aligned, and there mm-hmm. they were. But I just, I just, I agree with you. I think we need to remind young people that there are so many wonderful opportunities to create some great theater and some wonderful cities that you can live in. Uh, that other than just New York, that won't put any detriment to your mental health that will allow you to live the lifestyle that you specifically want to live. I think a great assignment that uh, that I was really happy that way it turned out was about two years ago, I signed my advanced musical theater students a project where they were put into groups and they had to research a different theatrical city from Seattle all the way to Washington, DC to New York City. I think I actually took New York City and LA out of the equation. Uh, so they were forced to actually look at cities outside of that context. And I remember talking to them in kind of a postmortem afterwards. They were like, I never realized how vibrant the, see- the the theater scenes were in these different states. And some of them were actually like, I'm actually looking into the possibility of living in Seattle or living in D.C. because they saw all the opportunities that were available. And different kinds of theater speaks to different kinds of states and cities, you know, uh, I know Chicago has a huge uh, improv scene and uh, and they have amazing, amazing, vibrant theater going on there. So I think we just need to inform as the gatekeepers of this knowledge, we need to inform the young performers coming up that there are more opportunities than just New York City. And not just the young, right? Everyone, we are. Yeah. We are young, but um, <laughs> we are a little bit older than <laughs> Then they're seasoned. <laughs> we are seasoned. <laughs> and folks that are in their 40s or 50s or 60s, whatever age you are, there it, it, there is no reason to say that you are not a successful person in this industry if you have not had a Broadway credit or even mm-hmm. if you had not had a major regional theater credit. I think a lot of times because we're educators, we get deep into the idea of teaching. Mm-hmm. But we also, I work with folks that are 
30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years of old. Different ages, yeah. Yes. And, and including that idea for anybody of any age that it is okay if you are 40 or 50 or 60, you haven't had that broader credit. What other places can you live or work that you are going to be happy? Mm-hmm. That you're going to find joy. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with saying, I lived in this city for a while, didn't, didn't work out for me, and now I'm going to try something different. There's nothing wrong with making a little pivot or a little shift or saying, I'm going to go to the city for a couple of months and just try it out. And I didn't like it. So I'm not going to stay here anymore. I'm going to come back to it later, <laughs> like, like on what I've done the past few years. And that's the great thing is you can leave the city and come back to it at a different time in your life. And it'll still be there waiting for you. And Broadway lights will still be on for you. Yes. Tim, great conversation. Let's wrap it back around to our puzzler. What's the question and the answer to that? Okay. The puzzler for this week was, what musical was inspired by the 2011 television documentary, Jamie, Drag Queen at 16? And the answer is? Everybody's talking about Jamie. Yeah, everybody's talking about Jamie. This musical has been on fire. And the reason why I love this question is because it is not even on the Broadway. Mm -hmm. It is on the West End. That's right. Which is a great example. And I know we talked a little bit today about the states. And we have a lot of listeners in many, many other countries. Broadway isn't the end-all be-all, right? Mm -hmm. We have great works like this musical on the West End that is really starting to talk about stories of different types. Different kinds of stories. Yes. And and for those of you that don't know anything about uh, Everybody's Talking About Jamie, this musical basically follows this young 16-year-old uh, who overcomes prejudice and bullying uh, and steps out to become a drag queen. And it's a celebration of this young person who's going through all these trials and tribulations. So um, it's getting rave reviews in the West End. uh, And I hope we get to hear more about this show in the future. And you know what? If it doesn't make it to Broadway, you know what we do? We make it over to the West End Mm -hmm. and enjoy theater over there. Because again, defining success in musical theater is more than Broadway. We'll see you next week for another episode.